In the upper room that night, our Lord fed his disciples physically and spiritually. He talked about love, faith, hope, obedience. He had prayer with them and prayed for them. And they were filled, filled to capacity with his words. That's at the supper. And then as Mr. Bruder read to us in our scripture lesson this morning, we have the experience after the supper. And after the supper, we see through the events that followed according to biblical writings and according to experiences that we know in human nature. A cycle which is dangerous for any disciple. A cycle beginning after the supper that can affect each and every one of us. For we find after the supper, after the supper, the disciples went to sleep. Yes, there in the upper room. And after they went out into the garden, there at the Mount of Olives, they said that they would neither forsake nor forget their Lord. Peter says that he would rather die than deny his Lord in the little verse of Scripture. And all the disciples said the same. All of them. Yet within a half hour, an hour, maybe two hours at the most, Peter, James, and John are asleep. After supper, they went to sleep. These people who said that they would not forget Jesus could not for one hour watch with him. That's the first step in the cycle. The second is that when they awoke, when they woke from their sleep, they were scattered. As Judas came with the arresting crowd and, and they were taking Jesus captive and, and the disciples awakening from their sleep scattered with fear. And when Christians scatter, it's only a short time until the next phase of the cycle, they become separated from the Christ. And that's what happened to the disciples on Thursday night, Friday, Friday night. They were separated from Christ. And when you're separated from Christ, you suffer. You suffer. And those disciples during that interim were in great despair, great disappointment, very discouraged. And then, praise God, came the Easter morn, the resurrection. And with the resurrection came also the sayings of Jesus, the sayings that brought hope and which brought these people out of their discouragement and out of their sufferings and made them to seek out the fellowship of others from whom they had been scattered. Then we find that there in the upper room on Easter night, altogether save one, Thomas was being absent. Jesus came and he breathed on them the Holy Spirit, and in days yet to come, they were baptized, all of them, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there we find them at the end of the second chapter of Acts, just as we found them in the 26th chapter of Matthew. Perhaps in the same upper room, but they were listening to the teachings of the apostles, joining in fellowship, saying their prayers, and breaking bread at supper. Do you see the cycle? 
It's the cycle that happened to the first disciples through the discipleship of the church, the history of the great institution, and it's a cycle that can come and affect each one of us. At supper, sleep, scattering, separation, suffering, and then only after a long bit of suffering, the reawakening that comes with the sayings of hope and with the sayings of hope seeking out the fellowship from which we have been separated and scattered and then being baptized by the Spirit and finding ourselves back again at supper with our Lord and with the people from whom we have been separated and scattered in the fellowship of the church. That's the cycle. And you see, the church is in business. The purpose for her being is simply to help people through this cycle. It's to awaken the sleeping, to unite the scattered, to reconcile those who are separated, to minister unto those who are suffering, to proclaim the sayings of Jesus, to help people seek the fellowship of the church and allow the Spirit to baptize us anew and to call people to the table of the Lord. Yes, that's our purpose. But our goal, you see, is to keep all of us within the last two phases of that cycle. To keep us somewhere between baptism, which is one of our sacraments, baptism by the Spirit, and at supper with our Lord which is the other sacrament, the sacrament of Holy Communion. This is our goal. This is our purpose. And the best way that we can do it is when we come to the table of the Lord, especially on the day when we come with Christians throughout the entire world. We realize that this is not only a precious and a powerful moment, but it's a very precarious time in our lives. Because, you see, today, after we are at this table, we will be at that period of after the supper. And there will be a tendency on our part to fall asleep. I speak of that on this particular Sunday because we in this church have been richly blessed in the last week. We have been fed mightily by that one who came as an instrument, an earthen vessel of our Lord. That one who fed us food. We were inspired. It's almost like Pentecost. This building almost shook these last few nights. And those of you who were here, you know what I speak. It was great. We're still on a spiritual high, but I'm beginning to see signs. Signs within those of us who were moved. Signs of falling asleep again. After the supper. We've had the highlight. We've been fed. Let us not go to sleep. Because you see, if we go asleep, and that's the tendency, no longer to, to surf upon the great waves of the Spirit as they lead us out into the deep water and give us new power and strength. But there's always that tendency to want to go back up onto the shore and put our boards in the sand and sit down and sleep. When we do that, it's only a short distance to when we find that we become separated from one another. We no longer, how did he put it, fly united. And we become scattered 
And when you become scattered from fellow Christians, it's only a time until you feel separated from the Lord. And when you feel separated from the Lord, when you strike out, you don't have that power to come back, that ability to forget those things which are behind and cleave only to those things which are before. And the strikeouts lead to suffering, and the sufferings lead to more sufferings, and the disappointments seem greater than the despair and the discouragement. And then there's not much left until again we can hear the sayings of Jesus. Maybe it takes another conference, another mountaintop experience. Maybe it takes so much suffering that that moment seems like it will never come. But then the hope does come. And then we seek out those from whom we have been separated and scattered. And we come back and we're baptized anew by the Spirit. And we find ourselves where? Back again at the table. Now that doesn't have to happen, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't have to happen as long as we are willing to stay at supper with our Lord. And you see, that's what Jesus really wanted. When he told us and brought the disciples together and told them that whenever they break bread and pour the cup, they should do it in remembrance of him. What he was asking them to do was to remain continuously at supper. And that's what we're trying to encourage you to do today as you sit with other Christians from throughout the world in that great spiritual fellowship, the most powerful force in the world, that we do so feeding upon our Lord, that we remember Jesus, and remember that as you take that bread and, and put it in your hands and lift it to your mouth, and you taste that juice, remember, not only this day, but throughout all days in all parts of the world, we cannot live without Jesus. We cannot live without Him feeding us. We cannot live a day without supping from him remember that and as you feed upon these elements remember also that why Jesus is feeding he's feeding not to put us to sleep but to wake us up not to give us rest but give us new power and strength not because we're tired but he feeds us so that we do not become tired as we go out and turn the world upside down in his name remember as you feed upon these elements that you can never, 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 ever get enough of what Jesus has to offer. You see, when we sit down at our homes and we eat our food, we sometimes eat so much that we think we'll never have to eat again. We say we're so full we'll never need another meal. And that's so stupid and so foolish because where are we when next mealtime rolls around? We're right back consuming again. And that's a principle of life. And no matter how high we are this day, how spiritually we feel fed, we are still people who can be fed more by Jesus Christ. So feed on that, you see. And, and if we allow this sacrament to become something more than a temporary thing, then we can feed on Jesus not only today, but tomorrow and every day. And we can allow his strength to empower us not throughout every day, but throughout every hour of each day. And then, you see, we don't have to worry about what happens after the supper because we will be continuously at supper 
with our Lord. So ladies and gentlemen, if you have come here today truly sorry for your sins and wish to be delivered from the burdens of them, if you are here wanting to be fed continuously by our Lord's Spirit, if you come desirous of wanting to lead a more holy life, if you are here trying to, be, re, trying to remain a loyal disciple who shall neither forsake nor forget his Lord, you are invited, nay, you are encouraged to come and eat and sup with us and find refreshment and strength and communion with God. You'll remember that our Lord Jesus, the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take heed, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as oft ye drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Now we ministering in his name take these elements to be set apart by prayer and thanksgiving for the holy use to which he has imparted them. Let us pray. Eternal God, we come because you have invited us to be present. We come not because we are worthy, but because your grace has allowed us that invitation. Father, come before us, please. And though your spirit is greater than this whole world, may we individually feel your presence in our midst. Help us individually to take this bread, to drink of this cup, and to feel your presence feeding us. Father, take these elements and set them apart for the holy use to which you have imparted them. We know they are but symbols of the broken body and the shed blood, but may they be used by thee this day to feed us. Help us to remember, to remember as we eat and as we drink to remember who it is that is feeding us and why we are being fed, to remember that this is food for our sakes, that this is drink to strengthen our beings. And help us to remember, Lord, that in this sacred hour we are united with all of those, not only in this community, even beyond the uttermost parts of the world, but we are seated with those who are at the marriage table in heaven and who eat and sup with thee every day of their lives in that mansion, that place with its many rooms where our loved ones have gone before us, those rooms that are reserved for our yet to come. Father, be with us in this great mystical hour and help us, help us, Father, not to lose one second of the importance of being at supper with thee. So hear us as we confess our sin anew unto thee. Father, with fellow Christians throughout the world, 
We gathered at your table today to confess personal and corporate selfishness. You know us individually and collectively, and we ask forgiveness for our sin. By thy grace, help us to become the loving and caring persons you want us to be. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came into the world and gave his life to redeem us. Amen.